You're listening to the Vice Chancellor's Hour, a ministry of Radio ABC 993 FM on the campus of African Bible University. I'm Jeremiah Pitts, a professor and administrator here at the African Bible University in Uganda. The purpose of Vice Chancellor's Hour is to provide biblical and theological teachings that are an extension of the ministry of the university. Welcome back to another episode of the Vice Chancellor's Hour. Very happy to be here again. We are in the middle of a series on Christology, but we're taking a bit of a pause out of that try to work with you a little bit on a different topic, which is a specific passage of Scripture. Around Christmas and Easter every year, we have some specific Bible studies that are done, some devotionals that are done on behalf of African Bible colleges. So for those of you who don't know, the university that I'm the vice chancellor of, African Bible University, is one of several institutions across Africa. The first one was planted in Liberia in the 70s. The second one in the early 90s was in Malawi. And the third one came in the early aughts to Uganda. And the way we ended up in Uganda was, we like to say, we were invited here. We had a a few gentlemen who went down to African Bible College in Malawi. It's one of the premier institutions in Malawi, probably the most famous private institution in Malawi. And they went down to get bachelor's degrees, and they enjoyed what they received there so much that they talked to the founder and said, you need to bring this back up to Uganda. We would love to have it up there. They went on to have great success both in academia and in the church. They both went on to reform theological seminary in Jackson, received master's degrees, came back to Uganda. They were members and clergy in the Church of Uganda, and they both became bishops. One of them still is a bishop, and the other one has since retired, and they've both served to help African Bible colleges in general, but African Bible University specifically here in Uganda. Very happy for that relationship and happy for the way that we came here. Well, as a group, we worked together in order that we could provide people with the treasures of God's truth. We really want to teach those. That's why it's in our motto. After our three institutions were founded, we went on to create African Business Institute and now ABC Online. So we have some online courses as well. We are hoping to be able to roll those out fully in Uganda. They're currently operating in Malawi and are accredited there in Malawi. We can access it from anywhere, of course, but uh, we want to be sure if we offer it here in ABC Uganda at African Bible University that it's fully approved in Uganda. Well, Every sort of Christmas and Easter, we roll out devotionals, and so I just think it's always helpful to share that with a broader audience. I've written some in the past, and I try to add to what's there, but you can always sign in to the newsletter for ABC. You'll get information like the devotionals, but so much more. There's a lot of exciting things going on with ABC all the time. But let's turn now to God's Word, and let's learn a little bit from what Jesus has to teach us. The passage for today is John chapter 16, and it's just three verses, 31, 32, and 33. This is what it says. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome 
the world. Now, when you read that, you have to know that the disciples thought that they would never abandon Jesus, and they were wrong. They had just heard some of the teachings of Jesus, and Jesus was trying to impart to them some very significant details. And having told Jesus that they seemed to now get the meaning of his teachings, Jesus questioned them, do you now believe? They certainly thought they believed sufficiently, but the disciples did not know what was about to happen. In fact, I would say they didn't even really know their own hearts. Human beings can certainly be like that. I have a a Nigerian author that I like quite a bit. I came across him first in my studies in secondary school. It's the author who wrote the famous book, Things Fall Apart. He has another book that's not quite as famous. It's good and famous, I would say, but not quite as famous, called A Man of the People. And in that book, he demonstrates the reality of fickle followers through political satire. In the novel, the very same crowds that had sung the praises and had beat the drum for their leader instead shook their heads as soon as that leader fell from grace. And so too are the disciples fickle in their hearts without knowing it. Jesus' question about whether it was now the time that they would believe which pushed them against that paper-thin profession that they had made with a question to cut to the center of the moment. They thought they would never abandon Jesus, but they would. He knew for a certainty that they would. Just as he had confronted them time and again in the past with uncomfortable truths, Jesus gave them a glimpse of themselves in their near future. Not only would their beliefs in him be put to the test, but they would scatter, each going to his own home. Jesus would be left alone with a mob of false accusers, and they would abandon him. As predicted in Zechariah 13:7, that shepherd would be struck and the sheep would scatter. And they wouldn't have to wait a long time for it to happen. He said, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. He had alluded to future events before with the assurance that an hour was coming at some time, but now he said that that hour that which he had spoken of had actually arrived. And this coming hour was not one of lofty glory or heroic response in the face of trial. This coming hour was a source of shame for the disciples as they would see how much they actually believed. And they would not believe enough to endure with him. Few have the resolve to press on when followers flee. Can you put yourself in Jesus' position for a few moments? The very thought of having followers who abandon you is demoralizing. Yet Jesus stared right at the reality of enduring an unjust trial which would end in his death and the fact that he would endure it alone. Jesus stared at it straight in the face. The men that had gone everywhere with him, had heard every message and seen his miracles, were going to flee to their homes in fear rather than stand with him in his trial. How could Jesus face such betrayal? Well, it's because he was not alone. The Father is with me, he said. The torment of body and mind and spirit that Jesus was to experience was endurable because Jesus would not be alone. The Father that had sent him and would receive him back again 
had not abandoned him. Christ demonstrated for all who would hear that evening a source of confidence in the greatest of trials. The believer can be sure that when trials come, they are not endured alone. Christ was not alone, and we are not alone. For that reason, all Christ's disciples can have peace. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, he says. The world will try to rob believers of their peace, but Christ supplies it. The prophet Isaiah says the same when he says that God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God because he trusts in God. Focus on Christ robs believers of anxiety. Some think that Jesus denied the reality of suffering in the world, but he actually taught repeatedly about suffering. In fact, he told his disciples that as surely as he was their master, they would suffer because he would suffer. They would be hated because he was hated. Jesus told them, in the world you will have tribulation. Tribulation there just meaning times of trouble. The Bible teaches that all those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will endure persecution. You can find that in places like 2 Timothy 3.12. Churches don't usually put that on their commercials, but the truth is that the Scriptures preach it and teach it so clearly and for all the world to see. Jesus never denies the reality of suffering for the believer. In fact, if anything, he talked about it far more than the average church does today. But he does promise peace in the midst of a troubled world. There is hope for you and for me, even in the midst of our tribulation. A peace that is beyond understanding, and not just a peace, but he gives us a call to courage. Jesus says to take heart. That is, that believers should not be overcome by fear, but may choose instead a reaction of courage in the face of even grave persecution. How can he call for courage, having just warned believers of impending persecution? Well, it's because Jesus, he says, has overcome the world. John wrote at the beginning of his gospel that Christ was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. This is an amazing attestation. It's an amazing thing for John to say. He opens up his gospel by telling us that the very God who had made the world and everything in it, just think of the supreme power that's involved in creating the world and everything that's in it, that that same God was in the world, and yet the world itself refused to recognize him as God. Now, that's overwhelming if you think about it. What a grave omission on our part. What's worse than that? It's not just an omission. That means it's not just something that we fail to do that we should, but it's a transgression. That means it's actually doing something we shouldn't do. That is, we ought to be giving God praise, but we've chosen instead to praise many other things instead of choosing to praise God. Well, the triumph of Jesus is our triumph as well. The same John who said that the world was made through him and yet the world did not know him, that same John was the one who heard Jesus say that he had overcome the world. And he also wrote that we could overcome as well. This is what he says in 1 John 5.4, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And that is the victory 
that has overcome the world, our faith. You know, it's amazing because that passage in 1 John takes two passages of Scripture that John writes about elsewhere and combines them in a way to really help us to understand something that might be a bit veiled for us as well. And that is, if Christ has overcome the world, how is that good news for us? How is that good news for you and for me? The answer has to be that we are victors in Christ's victory. That we don't have a victory in and of ourselves, but instead we have a victory through him. And what is the victory that's overcome the world? Well, John says it's our faith. That is, the faith that God himself supplies for us is the faith by which we live and is the faith that God uses to overcome the world. Christ has overcome, and in him we are made to be more than conquerors. You may remember that angels announced the birth of Christ to shepherds watching their flocks at night. And in fact, you may remember in one of my lessons this past year, I went into great detail about how it must be that God really loves shepherds. He has a a soft spot, perhaps, for herdsmen, if you'll allow me to put it that way. In fact, he compares himself to a shepherd, and Christ himself is called the great shepherd of the sheep. And it's not surprising then that the shepherds are the ones who announce the arrival of this coming Christ. The grand story of the gospel is that the shepherd didn't just come for the sheep, but as we mentioned earlier, he actually was the one who was struck down for the flock. And not just any flock, but he was struck down for a flock of sheep that would abandon him. You know, it's interesting because we put a high prize on courage and on loyalty. And if you look at this story, we have a Jesus that as he is approaching death, tells the very people that he knows with a certainty will abandon him and be disloyal to him. He doesn't condemn them, but instead he calls them to courage, that they should take heart, that they would actually become conquerors through him. And it is because he was loyal to them and gave his life for them that they would in turn have the faith that overcomes the world. They would become apostles, and far from the trembling men who in fear fled, they would become later men who would sacrifice their own lives, sharing the good news of this same great shepherd, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to the very ends of the earth. Thanks be to God. I hope this short word has been an encouragement to you. I know certainly studying it has been one to me. You're listening to the Vice Chancellor's Hour, a ministry of Radio ABC 993 FM on the campus of African Bible University. I'm Jeremiah Pitts, a professor and administrator here at the African Bible University in Uganda. The purpose of Vice Chancellor's Hour is to provide biblical and theological teachings that are an extension of the ministry of the university.